Donald Trump made his major announcement on Thursday that he had been teasing earlier in the week. And it turns out the major announcement was his launch of Trump NFT digital trading cards. Humiliating, cringy, desperate, weird, the definition of Trumpian. And this comes at a time when Trump's polling numbers against Ron DeSantis in a hypothetical Republican presidential primary have fallen to an absolute new low. Donald Trump is getting crushed. And this is not going to help. Vexatious litigant Donald Trump filed a frivolous defamation lawsuit against the Pulitzer Prize Board for awarding the Pulitzer Prize to the New York Times and the Washington Post in 2018 for their coverage of Trump's connections to Russia. This may be the most baseless and frivolous case in the history of American jurisprudence. Special counsel Jack Smith, meanwhile, is hard at work in his criminal investigation of Donald Trump, sending more grand jury subpoenas to state election officials this week across the country. And Ron DeSantis made his major announcement this week. So on the one hand, Trump announced his NFT digital collection and DeSantis announced he had petitioned the Florida Supreme Court to, drum roll please, impanel a grand jury to investigate those who supported COVID vaccines in the state of Florida. I'm not making that up. It was the weirdest, most dystopian press conference I think I have ever seen in a short time. Meanwhile, President Biden's actually doing things. This week, history was made when he decide, when he signed the Defense of Marriage Act into law. Hey, the economy's doing well. Inflation is headed down. I don't know about you, Brett and Jordy, but I like my politicians actually doing things for people. This is the Midas Touch Podcast Network. I'm Ben, joined by Brett and Jordy. How are you both doing? Doing well. Full disclosure, everybody. First off, Jordy's back. Welcome back, Jay. We've been talking about you a lot. Our, our Patreon uh, community got to hear an exclusive podcast with you right when you got back. We said, Jordy, no time to rest. We're doing an exclusive podcast right there. That was fun. This is the first time the audience at large gets to see you. First, I'm going to turn it over to you, and then we'll tell everybody where we're at. Jordy, how's it going? How does it feel to be back? You look, you got a glow. You got a glow about you. All right, Jordy's microphone doesn't work. He doesn't have audio. I'm rusty. Look, rusty, I'm rusty. Man. I'm rusty. clearly rusty, but it's okay. Gotta shake off those cobwebs a little bit. Look, I'm feeling great. I'm so happy to be back. I missed everyone tremendously. Brothers, I missed you guys so much. Midas Mighty, I missed you especially, even more than the brothers, but don't tell them that. And seriously, like, I, I'm so happy to be back. I had such a wonderful time. For those who don't know, I took a long, um, delayed honeymoon. Oh, my, it certainly wasn't long, long, long is certainly well, the right well, way. Well, everybody well, well, we well, let, let me, let me, let me preface this real quick before we really get into <laughs> the news. So I got married back in August, right? Usually when you get married, right? Good husbands, they take their wives or, or husbands or whomever, right? On their honeymoons, like almost immediately. 
But because of the midterms, my wife, Lexi, who I love so dearly, she truly understood that, hey, you have to work. You can't leave. You have to stay through at least November. And then, you know, we'll take it from there. And so, you know, she was great about it. And I said, okay, at the end of November, we're going to do our honeymoon. Thank you so much for understanding. And then, of course, of course, there was the Georgia runoff where I was trying my best to amplify and, and get content out there. But honestly, Brett, Ben, Midas, Mighty, y'all really held it down. And I can't thank y'all enough. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Now I know the reaction, Jay. If we ever kicked you off the show, it would just be pure mayhem by, based on the reaction when you voluntarily went on vacation, the reaction we got, the hashtag free Jordies. But anyway, it's good to have you back. You may notice that we are all in different locations today than we're normally in. Uh, I'll just give full disclosure up front. We are coming at you live from Washington, D.C. That's right, the District of Columbia, the nation's capital. We are in the same hotel, but in separate rooms. <laughs> so, so it might look I a little it. similar, but we're on different floors and different rooms. And so this podcast, it might, the audio might not be perfect. The video might not be a hundred percent, but we are never ones to skip a show because we got a lot to talk about. And I know I am ready to dive on into it. Ben, any thoughts? Let's dive into it. So Trump's major announcement so on Wednesday of this week, Trump posted that he had a major announcement that was going to come on Thursday, December 15th. It was a really weird photo that he posted on his social media platform of him as like a superhero with lasers coming out of his eyes. And we were wondering if he was just super jealous of the dark Brandon memes. But he said there's a major announcement. Stay tuned. So Everybody on the right wing was speculating, like, what could this major announcement be? They go, he's running for the Speaker of the House. And Brett and I were like, there's no way he's running for the Speaker of the and House. And then I'm going to stop you there because it wasn't just the right wing. I think every, everybody was speculating. Everybody was wondering what was going on here. And That's a then shot I, at me. That's a shot why? at me, just so you know. Because I, well, that, was my, that, was my, that was my guesstimation is that he was going to run speaker for the House. Well, it's speaker funny because, you know. When Ben and I were at the airport uh, last night, it all feels like a big blur the past 24 hours, but we were talking about it. And and Ben and I were like, there's not a chance in hell that he's running for Speaker House. Like there's zero, zero percent chance of that because that's a job that requires a lot of work and a lot of reading and a lot of actually doing good things. Point. And we were like, there's no way he wants an actual job where he has to do things. Also, it's been going around, uh, It's the rumblings are that he's been going around to try to whip votes for Kevin McCarthy. So why would he be trying to whip votes for Kevin McCarthy if he's announcing a run for speaker? None of that stuff really added up. So the other thing was perhaps he is running, perhaps he's going to announce a running mate for VP. You know, his, his campaign never really even got started to begin with. No one knows what the hell is going on. Maybe he thinks he needs some energy. Maybe he'll choose another loser like a Carrie Lake, because uh, what's better than one loser in MAGA world? Two losers on the ticket. And so we're like, maybe, but I don't know. We're like, it'd be kind of hilarious if that was it. Like if he just doubles down on like loserdom, like it would be the, all those scenarios would be pretty funny. Like if he ran against McCarthy, the Republicans would be in complete disarray. I mean, they already are, but could you even imagine? I, he picks I, Carrie Lake, renowned loser. Like she's known for being a loser. That's who Carrie Lake is. And no. So Ben, what happened next? Well, let's just play the announcement video from today. If you've got it handy. Oh, oh, oh. 
Do I have it handy? Play the clip. Hello, everyone. This is Donald Trump, hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln, better than Washington, with an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection right here and right now. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's been very exciting. You can collect your Trump digital cards just like a baseball card or other collectibles. Here's one of the best parts. Each card comes with an automatic chance to win amazing prizes like dinner with me. I don't know if that's an amazing prize, but it's what we have. Or golf with you and a group of your friends at one of my beautiful golf courses and they are beautiful i'm also doing this feels like a parody a one-on-one meeting autographing memorabilia and so much more we're doing a lot my official trump digital trading cards are 99 dollars, which doesn't sound like very much for what you're getting buy one and you will join a very exclusive community it's my community and i think it's something you're going to like and you're going to like it a lot they also make perfect gifts so you can buy them with your credit card or crypto all you need is an email address go to collecttrumpcards.com and buy your trump digital trading cards right now before they are all gone and they will be gone this is my first official trump it's a digital download nft collection and you get a chance to meet me go to collecttrumpcards.com right now and remember Christmas is coming, and this makes a great Christmas gift. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. I I can't believe this is real life. I I, I seriously I can't believe that this is Dude, guys. This guy had the nuclear codes. There are people currently currently in the United States Senate and in the United States House of Representatives who think this man should have the nuclear codes again. I mean, think about that. When I laid out the scenarios to, to Ben yesterday when we were delirious and, and going on our flight, I was like, okay, so there's the, he's running for a house, which this doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't add up. There's the Carrie Lake thing, which would be kind of hilarious, but I don't know. And then there's the wild card, which it, it's probably, the likelihood is that it's something really dumb. I'm like, it's I'm probably something really dumb. And the idea of something really dumb that I came up with was not a collectible NFT trading cards, whatever the hell that is. What was your, what was your my, idea? My, my, my guess was like, he's going to sue like Twitter over the Twitter files or something stupid. You know, like it's going to be some stupid lawsuit. It's going to be some idiotic whatever. And you know, I think I got pretty cl- as close as you could get to it. I mean, who how could you have known NFT trading cards? I, I mean, that that was something to build. It was definitely something to behold. Brett, you mentioned also that uh, we are a little bit delirious on the show because we really haven't gotten any sleep. We all took a, <laughs> we took a red eye, so we're working literally on zero hours of sleep. So yeah. I apologize in my intro because I meant the respect for marriage act but that's part of the fact that i've got literally zero hours of sleep right now in order to bring everybody this show and all of the great we're we're talking nfts now ben we're talking nfts let let me get i just wanted to address it because (laughs) i think when you make a mistake as a host i could have just went through it and just been like i appreciate that you just gotta you gotta live up to it you gotta be like you know what I made a mistake and I caught also, the mistake. Also, been fire haircut today, man. Looking sharp, looking real sharp. And I just, I, I just want to add this for Trump. Typical Trump, late to the party, 
when it comes to NFTs, right? NFTs were a thing like maybe a year and a half ago, right? Like if you really wanted to pull off this true grift that he always wants to do, you know, he should have probably done that like a year and a half ago. At this point, everybody knows NFTs are the biggest scams in the world. I can't this even believe that. This is a good point, Jordy. NFT trading volume has collapsed. <laughs> yeah, and, and now is his time to do it? Well, listen to I, the exact stat. By 97% from the January peak. And you know what? You kind of got to give Melania a little credit because even though she, even though she did her NFT grift like that, the yeah. first thing that she did when she left the office of being a first lady was NFT grift. Sure, but she but she announced hers in 2021 before the crash. Trump is like, okay, nobody's buying NFTs anymore. I'm gonna do this ridiculous thing, sell them for ninety nine dollars. Say that I'm a better president than Lincoln. so much Lincoln, money, by the way. Than Lincoln and Washington. And then, and then he's so out of touch that he goes, like, $99 is a lot of money to anybody. He's like, it's only $99 for this picture of me humping an elephant. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, my gosh. Yeah, do, we I, have the I, do we have some of the photos, Brett, that yeah, you can just yeah, pull yeah, up yeah, right yeah. now? Yeah, I actually, I do. Let me, okay, let me so find pull them. a photo and then let me know. Okay, so this is a photo of Trump dressed as the... These are real. <laughs> <laughs> these are real. And this is Trump dressed as a sheriff. You can get that digital photo, the exact one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We literally have it up on the screen right now. So y'all, I'm going to save you 100 bucks right now. $99. Screenshot what we have because the NFT is literally downloading what you're seeing here for $99. Yeah, on the right, he's holding a football that says 45 and that will cost you $99. All right, pull up some others, Brent. Jordy, Jordy, Jordy's please gonna stop, pass. Out. Please don't pull up now. We, no, we got plenty more. We, we got plenty more. Roll through, roll through. Roll okay. through. Here we have Donald Trump as a as an astronaut. Um, <laughs> as a, he's kind of a cross between this like. Is an, real. He's yeah. He, he he's a cross between an astronaut and from Game of Thrones, the Nightwalkers. So that's kind of who Trump is in that one. And then on the. On the right, we have Donald Trump dressed as a superhero um, in a boxing rink. Get these for $99. And I want to express, it's not like even like a pack of cards for $99. Each individual image is $99. And they are also selling like bulk deals where for $4,000, you could get X amount of cards. And then you get entered this amount of times into the sweepstakes where you might get a chance to have a Zoom chat with Trump, or you might get a chance to dine with Trump, or Or maybe you get to play at one of his golf courses. Like it's all so lame. I mean, they just get worse. Like, I think that's So just just pull this is the last, okay. What what is, 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 I don't even know. He's in front of the moon. He's not. Uh, he's he, he's an astronaut, kind of, but he's wearing more of a biker uniform. He's, he's standing like he's a on pilot on on the top of a planet. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, do no, one no. more. Do one more. Do one more. And then, <laughs> and, then, and, then and then I and then I want to make <laughs> one point. Then we'll move. I on. had the nuclear I, codes. I think that's all I've got, folks. Uh, okay, so just imagine this though. Like, how sad would it be if during Christmas or any of the holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whichever holiday you celebrate, or no holidays, or birthday gift, or whatever it is. You, uh, you, 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 someone that you know comes to you and they're like, I got you this gift. And you're like, what is it? What is it? And then you open it up and it's a Trump NFT like link that you have to then just click on the link because it's not a real thing. So you click on the link and you go, Oh my God, thank you so much for this Trump astronaut <laughs> NFT. It is, it is priceless. And, and here's here, I was looking for. 
here's what's so crazy too. Like when Milani did this, so Milani has now like, she's a NFT connoisseur. Like I've, I was looking it up throughout the day. She's done like multiple rounds of releasing these NFTs. And the first time she did it, no one wanted to buy her NFTs. They did an auction for the NFTs. And apparently Melania Trump herself bought her own NFT at auction for $185,000. You heard that right. $185,000. I mean, and the reactions, guys, the reactions from MAGA world, like, you know, when they start blaming the people around Trump for something, that it's a really bad thing. Like they were all expecting the worst because whenever Trump is going to make an announcement, honestly, what they're hoping for, because their mind goes to QAnon, is they're hoping like he's locking up Hillary Clinton. He's executing all the politicians. He's going to take over and reinstate himself. He's made like that legitimately. I'm not even being hyperbolic here. Like they think those sorts of crazy things are going to happen. So when he says a major announcement is going to happen, and then he waits 24 hours, and the major announcement is that he's selling NFT collectible cards that kind of, sort of, not don't really look like him, and you could buy them for $99. The reactions were just, ah, just absolutely beautiful. Well, how, about, how about this one? The reaction from someone named Baked Alaska, a January 6th insurrectionist who's going to jail for his unlawful conduct. He wrote, I can't believe I am going to jail for an NFT salesman. That's a right-wing extremist. I can't believe I'm going to jail for an NFT salesman. Ben Shapiro said, thank God the digital trading cards are here. It was indeed a major, major announcement. And then you had Robbie Starbuck went, hard truth. This is not good. We're facing a threat to civilization from far left Marxist extremists. These people yeah, are just such clowns. Teasing so NFT out. cards as they're so, so radical. Like we want people to have healthcare and access to education and better paying jobs. What a radical leftist Marxist thing to do. Not like the fact that the right wing wants to literally overthrow a democracy and then uh, like literally cheer on a global pandemic. But, but you know, Ben, and of course I'm not defending it in any way, but the reason I think why they are so extreme and so evil and so horrible is in their minds they think that they are in the fight for their lives and the fight for civilization. I mean, you even see it in the, in the language that Elon Musk uses with Twitter. You have all these people who are being told, honestly, they're being brainwashed. They're being lied to. And some of them are doing the lying. Also, we spoke in the last podcast that we did about this extremist feedback loop, how they say something extreme, mm -hmm. then it gets regurgitated back to them by their news sources, by these blogs, by these fringe websites, by Fox News and Newsmax. And then it reaffirms their beliefs. And so we see that here. And so you have this person, this so-called documentary film, whoever this Robbie Starbuck is, saying we're facing a threat to civilization from far left Marxist extremists. And once you could convince people of that, once you could convince people that the other side is your enemy, that your other side is literally going to end civilization itself, then you can compel them into action. You could compel them into violence. And we saw that on January 6th. And that is why we are seeing this incredible extremism that we are seeing right now from the far right. Can I just say, I like how you guys rebranded my trickle down of hate 
to feedback loop of hate. You got you guys just put a different name on it, a different spin on it because you didn't want to give me credit for the trickle down of hate effect. But that's Jordan, fine. You, you, you're coming in hot. You're coming in a little conspiratorial. You're coming a little defensive, a, a, a little a little rusty. We love we love you we love you younger brother Jordy, but I think it's a a, a a little rusty. You know, it's it's all love on the Midas Touch podcast. No one's stealing anything. We're we're all uplifting each other on the Midas Touch podcast. Very, Let very me tell point. you, I, I took Im- I took improv classes when I moved to LA, Jordy. I took a few improv classes, and the the skill that you should you know learn and, and take in is the this the skill of yes and. Uh, yes and meaning you know i say something and you go yes and x y and z it's additive rather than detracting because then you get in this conversation of you know we're talking about what we're talking about rather than the the content of the here's the thing here's the thing folks right there you're never too old to learn from your older brothers that's it (laughs) so one other part i want to mention about this is that trump doesn't even own his nfts at all um their own it's a licensing agreement the company that owns the actual license is CIC Digital LLC. Arguably, that could mean Commander in Chief Digital LLC. It's a Delaware corporation. Um, is the registered agent. It's not sure who controls this entity. They claim that it's not controlled by Donald Trump. But let's let's weave things together in concepts that we have. First off, this shows that Donald Trump is absolutely desperate for money now. He's desperate. He's desperate for cash and he needs that. But let's remember what's taking place in New York with the New York attorney general's fraud lawsuit against Donald Trump seeking at least two hundred and fifty million dollars based on the fraud by Trump, the Trump organization and other adult children of Donald Trump based on the preliminary injunction that was sought by New York attorney general Letitia James. There's now an independent monitor appointed who will be overseeing things like this. So undoubtedly, the and this, by the way, you have to give a lot of credit to New York Attorney General Tish James by foreseeing these exact types of scenarios where Trump could be creating proxy or related entities that he may control directly or control indirectly as ways to try to do end runarounds to the preliminary injunction. But the order would specifically include how is revenue coming in from CIC Digital LLC to Donald Trump? Is it being used as basically a straw person to hold this money? The independent monitor retired Judge Barbara Jones will undoubtedly be able to look into it. New York Attorney General Letitia James is no doubt on her radar. This is exactly the type of thing that was uh, addressed in the preliminary injunction motion. I guess uh, Trump organization number three uh, wasn't a viable option, so we had to switch it up. I want, you're so right, Brett. And I want to mention this. Just <laughs> Frank, it's on, a great callback. Just by go, yeah, because remember, they, had, they created a Trump organization too, which that was one of the tells to New York Attorney General Atish James that they were engaged, that they were going to engage in these fraudulent conveyances. But they have all of these entities One of the immediate things that Judge Arthur Engeron in New York requested or demanded, ordered, was that all of the entities that they have any affiliation with be revealed and that Barbara Jones can demand anything like immediately if there's a transaction like this. So I think you're going to have Judge Barbara Jones make these requests. And the other one thing I wanted to mention, Daily Beast did a great report. They found um, a they spoke to a juror 
uh, on the case where the Trump organization was convicted on 17 felony counts. And the juror was like, we were like every bad thing you can think about the Trump organization. The juror said that all of the jury agreed with, like they were disgusting that, you know, the lawyers were the biggest jerks in the world. Like they're like, even the lawyers would like mock the voices if they were too high pitch of people that they didn't like. Like there was one witness, the bender who was one of the accountants at the Mazers firm who had a higher pitched voice. And then Trump's lawyers would do the impression of it and questioned his manhood in front of the jury. And the jury's like, these people were just like utterly disgusting. And this juror said, not only was it so obvious that the Trump organization was guilty, she's like, I so look forward to Donald Trump being indicted. So that's what the the juror wow. said, that they want Trump, that all the jury wanted Trump to be indicted. But she said this. She said, though, she understands after going through this process why it's so important to be diligent in preparing the evidence. And she's like, I wouldn't want this case being rushed because there was a lot of nuance that we had to grapple with as the jury. And we went through all of the evidence. And if the evidence isn't prepared perfectly, she, she's like, this guy needs to be indicted, but done the right way. I just thought that was a great report by the Daily Beast. Brett, why don't you take us through Trump's poll numbers sinking to new lows? And before you do that, I want to give a big announcement to all the Midas Mighty watching. <laughs> NFTs? NFTs? No. I have a real major the new NFT collection for only now. I have a real major announcement. I will be wearing a scarf when I go to dinner tonight. Never do this. No. The real major announcement is that Michael Cohen will be Ooh. joining us in a little bit to talk to Jack Smith on this podcast. So make sure you stay tuned when we bring Michael Cohen. It's about to get spicy wow. up in here. There we I have already a bone come back. You get I have Michael a bone Cohen to... on. You're getting spoiled. I got. I have a bone to pick with Michael Cohen when he comes on the show. So you're just, coming in hot. No picking I'm bones. Coming in hot. I'm ready to go. I, I miss this so much. You guys have no idea. I missed all of this so badly. I'm ready to go. Brett, Trump's poll numbers. Well, Trump's poll numbers are are not doing well, which is you know just to show this utter mm -hmm. sign of desperation with this whole NFT scheme, whatever the hell that he's doing. New CNN poll came out amongst Republican voters. Sixty two percent say that Trump should not be the nominee. And for comparison purposes, that was forty nine percent in January, February ish. DeSantis is now beating Trump fifty two percent to thirty eight percent in a hypothetical contest between the two of them amongst likely Republican primary voters. That was in a Wall Street Journal poll released on Wednesday. Then there was another poll out. The guy's getting dude is getting crushed. USA Today, Suffolk University found Trump's GOP support wavering. Thirty one percent of Republican and Republican leaning voters said that they want to they want Trump to run. Only 31 percent, while 61 percent say they prefer a Republican nominee. And that same poll found that they prefer DeSantis over Trump. 56 to 33. And the hits just keep on coming. You got the Ipsos 538 poll has Trump at a 30% favorable rating compared to a 63% unfavorable rating. And there was these messages that were seen by the Guardian who did one of the reports on these just awful poll numbers for Trump. And according to them, a veteran insider was quoted as saying he is in trouble and he knows it. So that's where it is. So that's why I think we're also seeing some of this like just bizarre deranged, absolutely unhinged behavior for him. He's got the walls closing in legally. He's got his family members who want nothing to do with his campaign, who want nothing to do with 
everything that he's got going on. His poll numbers are just cratering to the floor. It's just the ultimate mix of bad news for Donald Trump. Let's bring in Michael Cohen. He is in the lobby. Um, Michael Cohen, welcome to the Midas Touch podcast. Uh, so good to see you all. Why are you all wearing like these heavy jackets? I feel like I should put on like, you know, my, uh, there we go. There we go. You know, this is right. what what's, going on, bagel, what's going on there. Bagel boys, bagel boys <laughs> in full effect, smearing our cream cheese live right here on the Midas touch podcast with, okay. okay. With Michael, with Michael Cohen. Cohen, I want to talk about this. Two things, two topics I want to hit with Cohen. First, Donald Trump's lawsuit against the Pulitzer Prize organization, alleging that they defamed him in 2018 by awarding the Pulitzer Prize to the New York Times and Washington Post. Is this the most frivolous, vexatious, ridiculous lawsuit you've ever heard about? Michael? Uh, not when it comes to Donald. I mean... <laughs> There's just a multitude. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look, uh, he did that once before against the New York Times uh, when in the case of Sullivan, when he decided that the First Amendment doesn't apply to anyone that says anything negative towards him. And as you may recall, the same thing happened to me. Right. Except the difference is he was in a position of power to do something about it. And so when he doesn't like what someone is going to say about him, he then acts. When, when he was in position of power, he acted. He had the Department of Justice with his complicit, you know, um, what do you call it? Attorney General Bill Barr remanded me back to Otisville, basically violating my First Amendment constitutional rights. And I'm going to be appealing that decision uh, based upon Bivens. But no, it's not the most vexatious um claim that Donald Trump has ever made. It's just in line with a long list of other stupid, you know, ill-advised lawsuits that Donald Trump wants to bring, thinking that it's going to do something to help him to change what? The district attorney's case against him, the potential district attorney case that may soon be um, filed the attorney general case here in New York, the Georgia case, or any of the other cases? The answer is no. So it's a completely bizarre and frivolous case. He filed it in Okeechobee County. I don't even know why he filed it. Do you have any idea why he picked Okeechobee County, a county of about 40,000 people? Like, there's no jurisdictional basis. There's no claim for defamation. It's outside the statute of limitations. He's like obsessed with Pulitzer because we we did a we did a hit on where where we talked about all of the times Trump has mentioned Pulitzer, and like in every one of his speeches he would just be like, "This person deserves a Pulitzer. This person doesn't deserve a Pulitzer." Any sense of why Okeechobee County at all, or 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 any clue? Probably, yeah, probably for the same reason why he chose Judge Eileen Cannon. It's somebody that he put in uh, to place that clearly forum shopping, which in and of itself is improper and illegal, but. Look, it's not going to go anywhere. You may have seen Judge Eileen Cannon just dismiss the case against, you know, Trump's uh, dismiss Trump's motion uh, for, you know, wanting to suspend, uh, you know, the special master from being able to take a look at the documents that were seized in Mar-a-Lardo. So at the end of the day, the answer is why he chose it again. It's form shopping. Maybe he knows something about this judge that we don't know. 
or at least that's what they're trying to that's what they're trying to fix. You mentioned the Manhattan District Attorney's Office may soon be filing a criminal case against Donald Trump. Did you see or did you read the news about the juror from the Trump organization criminal uh, tax fraud case? And this was an anonymous juror who spoke with the Daily Beast, but they said all of the jurors hated the Trump organization, thought that Weisselberg, McConnie, all of the executives were complete liars, hated Trump's lawyers, thought they were rude, unprofessional. And not only was she like the jury was <laughs> so quick to make their decision, they're like, we wanted him in, we wanted Trump indicted. Does that surprise you, number one? And number two, what do you think's happening with the Manhattan DA's criminal investigation? And does stuff like that uh, give the DA momentum? Okay, so it's a great question. Let me handle the first part of this, which is why did this juror despise the Trump counsel as well as Weisselberg, McConney, and a slew of other people? That's because they're despicable human beings. And the fact that they lied to the jury the fact that they lied to the district attorney is only par for the course. I mean, let's let's go back and let's Google something I spoke about on the last time we were all together. The fact that if you Google Alan Weisselberg lied to the Southern District of New York about me, the Southern District nevertheless used that lie, went to the grand jury, and then they ended up coming after me while giving Weisselberg limited immunity. So... Why should Alan Weisselberg have any respect for the law when the person who's at the helm doesn't and is probably guiding him to do exactly the same? So the fact that this juror despised them all, including the attorneys, is not something that I would not have expected. It's par for the course again. And it's exactly what, you know, what all the other jurors were probably thinking. I mean, what was it like a 10 hour deliberation? How fast? As it relates to whether or not the district attorney, Alvin Bragg, is going to do something further, it's my belief, and again, it's just my belief, that there's more coming out of that office. I think he now sees that it is certainly possible to have jury selection whereby you don't have a specific Trump supporter who is so entrenched into the cult that no matter what the information is no matter what the proof is that they won't indict and hold them um, accountable. The thing that bothers me the most is that, you know, after this success, Alvin Bragg went on television. And as you know, um, I have a group of people that I chat with on a, on a, well, a group chat and we call it Alvin bragging about 1.6 million of a fine. That's absolutely nothing. For all you know, there were enough idiots out there that bought these bullshit NFTs with, right, uh, to offset the 1.6 million. It needs to go much further than that. And I believe that Alvin Bragg knows exactly the route that he needs to take. I do recommend that they move it somewhat quicker, considering that there is a statute of limitations that is on the, for example, campaign finance violation, what I was ultimately charged with and what I pled guilty to that was done at the direction of and for the benefit of Donald J. Trump, that um, statute of limitations expires sooner than later. So I do certainly recommend that Bragg and his people, uh, as we like to say, put the pedal to the metal. 
You also brought up the New York Attorney General's civil lawsuit against Donald Trump, the Trump Organization, and his adult children for fraudulent valuations where the uh, Attorney General's office is seeking at least uh, $250 million in damages, an injunction basically that would shut down the Trump Organization's real ability to ever do business in New York. Any updates there that you're aware of? Are you feeling optimistic about that? A trial date has been set for October of 2023. A lot of people uh, were were in this chat room and, and responding to some of my videos and saying, that's way too long, more delay, delay. And I said, look, I'm letting you know as a lawyer in New York, you know, I, I know lawyers who practice in New York. I've had some cases in New York for a case that was filed in September of 2022 a trial date for October of 2023 is as quick as it can get without something being overturned for violating due process rights in a civil context. So, I mean, I think this Judge Arthur Engeron's had it. Trump's pled the fifth already 400 times in that case, which is an adverse inference against Donald Trump and his organization, Weisselberg and um, I believe it was, uh, not sure if it was Don Jr. or Eric, but one of them also pled the fifth uh, hundreds of times. I think it was Eric who pled the fifth hundreds of times. But what do you make of the developments there? Because that will really shut the entire Trump business down, don't you think? Well, actually, the district attorney's case, now with the conviction of the Trump uh, organization, should prevent you know the Trump organization from doing any business with anyone. What I found interesting is that Axos, while all this was going on, did make a loan of like two or three hundred million dollars to the Trump organization, which you know doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, it certainly seems to violate their their policy for getting involved with um, a company that is currently under indictment. But yeah, our attorney general, um, Atish James, who is unsinkable. It is a long period of time, and it's disturbing to a lot of people. And yes, while I'll agree with you that things do have a certain time period that they move, it's not Tish James's case that's going to prevent the Trump organization from doing business. She's going to put them out of business because it's not the $250 million that she's looking for. That's the base, as you rightfully stated. I believe the number will be, with penalties and interest, probably more to the tune of $750 million, which, again, they don't have that type of cash flow uh, or you know cash on hand. So that would ultimately be the end of the company. Plus, when the attorney general's case falls in, um, you know, in line with the conviction uh, in the DA's case, they will automatically have the ability to uh, not just suspend the Trump organization as a New York State corporation from doing business. They have the ability to appeal the charter, the status. And so that would ultimately put an end, which is exactly why Tish James, when she had learned early on that Trump had gone to Delaware for the purpose of opening up Trump Org number two, and that way he would be able to move the assets out of the Trump organization, the New York state domiciled uh, entity, and move it into Delaware, which would make it more difficult for Tish James and the attorney general's office of seeking uh, the funds that they will ultimately hold him accountable for. Um, they put an end to that, too, by 
getting a court order preventing the Trump organization from moving, selling, hypothecating, or doing anything to transfer any asset out of the Trump organization as it's currently under investigation and it's um, under, uh, we'll call it an indictment under this lawsuit. Yeah, you know, and one of the things we talked about earlier as well, that going back to these Trump NFT grifting scam that he's pulling, there's some (laughs) organization that's known as like CIC LLC, which actually owns it. Could that stand for commander in chief LLC? But that's the kind of thing that a special uh, master, an independent monitor will be able to look at, will be able to analyze to make sure that that's not a way to do an end run around the injunction um, that was ordered by Judge Arthur Engeron. Now, turning to the final topic, Michael Cohen, special counsel Jack Smith's criminal. Well, before we invest- go, wait, before we go on to Jack Smith, I mean, you said you're talking about CIC. I think they probably should have named the LLC DID, which would stand for Donald in diapers. You know, that's just my opinion. Because these, these, these NFTs, I mean, whoever the fucking idiot that's still in his employ told him that this is a potentially good idea for him to do these trading card NFTs, which, by the way, in this specific case, does not stand for non-fungible tokens. It stands for nitwits for Trump. Because any dope that would spend $99 in order to get a digital playing card of Donald, either as, you know, Maverick, you saw that one, him holding a pilot's helmet, or Donald in a space suit, or holding a football in a suit, or any of the other stupid digital trading cards. And I don't know how you trade them digitally. It's not like the old days when we had our, our playing cards. We used to flip for it. Hey, I'll trade you, you know, Hank Aaron for, you know, for Babe Ruth or whatever, you know, it might have been. These are just the stupidest things in the world. But what makes him even – I mean, there he is at Yellowstone. I mean, could you imagine? Kevin Costner must be dying right now. Or that's the greatest one of him in it as a superhero with lasers coming out of his eyes. Right? It's Donald Trump able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. But look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's a fat motherfucker who's going to shit on you. Get out of the way. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. This is the biggest joke I have ever in my life seen. And who the idiot was that went ahead and told him that this is a good idea, Donald, you should do it. And then hype it up. I mean, this is just dumb. Okay, but here's here's my question, though. You know what I liked absolutely the most? If you looked in his untruth social, it talks about how these are reflective of his life and his career. Now, I can tell you, I know Donald very, very well. He's never been an astronaut. He's not a pilot, all right? He's not a cowboy. I don't think he's ever ridden a horse in his life, all right? I mean, it's, Although he did say a- he looked like the Lone Ranger that one time when he was... Oh, it's true. It's more like Tonto with the hair flying. But at the end of the day, this truly just goes on to talk about the absolute grift this great grift that I keep referring to over and over again. And I can just imagine this stupid person who then turns around and says, hey, Ben, Brett, Jordy, look at what I got. I got a Donald Trump trading card. You want to trade? Um, how about no? Right? How about, why don't you keep it? Why don't you keep it for your grandkids? 
Could we no, give the guy I'm, a little I'm, bit I'm, of agency, though? Hold on. I want to say this. Like, okay, who in Trump's orbit told him to do this? Who in Trump's orbit convinced him that this was a good idea? The guy's like a 70-something-year-old man. Like, could we, at, at a certain level, could we say it's his fault? <laughs> like, he did this. He decided to do this. As I saw a lot of people in, in the Trump and the MAGAverse today, if you want to call it, say whoever whoever in Trump's orbit told him to do this should be immediately fired. And I was like, doesn't the guy have a bit of his own agency here? Well, yeah, the answer to that is emphatically yes, he most certainly does. And you're right, he's a 77-year-old man. He should certainly know better, considering, let's not forget, I'm the best businessman there is. There's nothing I don't know. I know more than everybody, especially more than Jordy, because everybody knows more than Jordy. <laughs> I, I mean, let's be serious. More bones I, to pick with you, Michael. Oh, okay. What's the bone that you want to pick with me okay. today, Jordy? Two, two things, two things. But before we get called ages, I want to say, look, there's nothing wrong with him being 77 or however old he, he is. Oh, Jordy, he's just, enough, he's, enough. He's just a completely deranged human being. Could you imagine for one second if President Biden released photos of himself in any way, shape, or form of him wearing a astronaut's hat or in a superhero costume, the news media <laughs> pickup that that would get. I mean, it would truly be unbelievable. Fox would run on that for three years straight. Forget the Obama tan suit. It would be that coverage nonstop 24 seven. And Michael, the bone I have to pick with you is a very specific one right here. And I pulled up the tweet. That's why I was looking down very briefly. So the tweet says, it was actually a very kind tweet of you. So I have actually now I, I feel bad picking this bone with you. But you say, thankful for Midas Touch and the brothers Mycellus B, at B Mycellus, and Jordy, whose account name I never remember. I'm Midas Jordy, man. That's what it yeah. is. It's just, it's, you it's know, for easy. some unknown cool. reason, I don't know why it's stuck into my head. I thought at one point you were like Captain Jordy or oh, something weird like that. Midas, Midas but I, and I couldn't find and you know it. You know why? Because he was, and Jordy has changed his name multiple times, and Ben and I follow the normal structure of first initial last yeah. name. And Jordy's well, the only so thing that you should be changing, be Jordy, is that ugly green shirt of yours. Nothing for nothing. I mean, <laughs> no, you look like season. you look like a handicapped. You look like a handicapped Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. All right, we're not right. going. There. I don't know where the hell you are. Yeah, we are going there. All right. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? Yeah, we we are going there, and worse than going there, I'm gonna tell you what. You know what? <laughs> You're no longer part of the Bagel Boys. All right, you're out. Oh. I'm, out bagel, I'm out of the Bagel Boys. That's you know it. what? I, you know listen, what? This, I this, this, that's where I draw the line. I'm standing up for Jordy here. Jordy is a Bagel too Boy late. for too, life. Too, he stays. Right, or you late, go, Mike. Too late. I'm I'm standing up for the show right now and putting it back on track. Michael Cohen, special counsel Jack Smith, is hard at work in his criminal investigation of Donald Trump. We've seen, really, it was it's been raining subpoenas to state election officials over the past uh, few weeks we got the new mexico secretary of state the georgia secretary of state we've got state election officials in new mexico and nevada and michigan arizona pennsylvania there were closed door proceedings in the dc grand jury for MAGA extremist Scott Perry and his text message. He Scott Perry was a Pennsylvania congressman, and he was the one who was involved in bringing that that conspiracy idiot Jeff Clark, that MAGA extremist DOJ official who never engaged in a criminal investigation in his life, who was going to like take over the entire 
uh, DOJ's office, and then everyone threatened to quit. And Scott Perry was the one who was trying to coordinate Jeff Clark taking over the DOJ. By the way, I think uh, I think Jeff Clark and Eastman are ultimately going to get indicted too. But what do you make of uh, Jack Smith's investigation? You agree that it's picking up steam? Yeah, and let me just also start by letting all of the mighty uh, Midas listeners and the fans that are following uh, Midas touch and so on. I happen to really, I, I dig Jordy. I think Jordy's probably the funniest of the three brothers, which of course, you know, is exactly why you're, you're the best, Jordy. It's exactly, <laughs> Jordy, you are the best. It's why we have to, but it's why we have no choice but to bust on him. But I do. I think you're, I think you're fantastic. I right? know you do, Michael. Um, I know you know, you, you know, I, I do. Right. And of course, because you're the littlest, you're the youngest. It reminds me of like my younger brother. I mean, there were four what kids. Happens? Everybody has I'm to, used to every, it. It yeah, made me who got, I am today. It. So look, let's go to Jack Smith for a second. This guy <laughs> is truly, truly um, a lawyer's lawyer. This is a no nonsense kind of guy. Just look at that picture. I mean, if that doesn't scare the shit out of Trump that he has to double up on his diapers, I don't know what will. I mean, this guy looks like he wants to take Trump apart into pieces, which would be good for the rest of us. By the way, not just Democrats, but Republicans as well. The funny thing is most Republicans, especially members of Congress, they don't want Trump to run. They're already they've already acknowledged that every person that Trump wanted for the midterm elections had lost, that he's sort of like the kiss of death for the Republican Party. And every time he does something, it causes more damage, more harm to the GOP to the point that they already know that if Trump is going to be a player in the primary, it's going to absolutely inure to the benefit of the Democratic Party. So do I think that things are happening? And the answer is yes. In fact, I happen to know that things are happening. And I think that Jack Smith is really in full throttle right now to ensure that Trump is held accountable for the multitude of alleged illegal activities that he is accused of. One of the things that I have said, and I've said it often now, there are two issues that Jack Smith is currently dealing with. First being the January 6th case, uh, the insurrection, and the other is the Marilardo documents case. Now, I believe that that Marilardo documents case for Jack Smith is much easier for him to put down to Merrick Garland to move immediately for an indictment. There's no doubt about it. First of all, he violated the law. There is no argument that Donald could try to make that would exonerate him from what he did. Most people aren't aware of this, but the conversations that took place between NARA, the National Archives, and Trump and his people occurred more than a year and a half before the raid at Mar-a-Lago. People don't know this. They gave him every opportunity to return the documents. In fact, he returned documents claiming that that's all the documents that he had, when in fact we all know that it's not. And then they got this young attorney, Christina Hobb, you know, to sign an affidavit that there were no more documents in his possession. I personally believe that he needs to sign a document attesting under the penalties of perjury that not only are there no more documents out there, but that he didn't give any to anyone domestic or foreign and that anyone who he showed it to should automatically be named and the FBI should pay them a visit as well. 
That's what I think that they need to do in order to ensure our safety as Americans. Because like I've said so many times, Trump is willing to burn this country down because the American people didn't vote him for re-election. And so he has an animus you know, towards the country, which is exactly why he's doing what he's doing. I believe that that case with Mar-a-Lardo is much easier to prove. And at the end of the day, what do we all really want? We want him to be held accountable for his dirty deeds, for his illegal crimes. Now, something that I've said on television a lot, and I stand by it even right now, I don't want to see Donald Trump indicted on or incarcerated because I have a disdain for him. And I don't want to see anyone ever indicted or incarcerated the way that he did to me. I want to see him indicted and incarcerated for crimes that he committed that, whether it's a judge or a jury making the ultimate decision, that holds him accountable for what he did. That's what I want to see. And I believe that second case is the easier one because the first one with January 6th is tough. Hill or even with like with Georgia, that's another tough case for them. They need to now prove intent. And I think the way Donald lies and the way people lie for him, you know, with impunity, I think it could be um, a question for a juror. Michael Cohen, I want to thank you for joining us, taking the time this evening right here on the Midas Touch podcast. Everybody check out Michael Cohen's new book, Michael Cohen Revenge. It's an incredible book, How Donald Trump Weaponized the U.S. Department of Justice Against His Critics. It is a bestseller. You will love it if you haven't read it. Make sure you get Revenge. And also check out the Cohen Mea Culpa podcast Ooh. and get the Cohen new Mea Culpa merch, uh, the Mar-a-Lardo t-shirts. We got a photo <laughs> up right there. The famous best-selling Mar-a-Lardo t-shirts <laughs> at store.midastouch.com, store.midastouch.com. Michael Cohen, we love you. We appreciate you. Thanks for all you do with us, and thanks for all you do for the country. And I appreciate the three of you, and that includes you too, Jordy. And so I just want to be clear before you do leave. I am I am officially part of the Bagel Boys again. Yes, correct? you most certainly are. You're, you're, okay. the, you're the favorite. You're the favorite. You are, you are the favorite. You're the, you're the everything me. bagel. Just wow. Michael Cohen. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, you got wow, it. Look at that. I wouldn't go that what a guy. But Michael Cohen, thanks for joining <laughs> us. And, and we got to get Cohen on again soon as, as well. And as we uh, kind of wind down the Midas Touch podcast, we still got a lot to discuss. Should we talk about, we've talked a lot about Trump. Let's talk about Ron DeSantis, his version of a major announcement. Yeah. Well, let's week. talk about like we we got we we broke down the Trump polls before, right? Where all of a sudden Ron DeSantis is taking a surge. So let's see what is appealing to these Republican base voters out there. What is actually going on with Ron DeSantis? What is he doing right now to try to draw a contrast between himself? And Donald Trump. And Ben, what did Ron DeSantis Well, you know, no, no, normally if you wanted to show, look, I'm a Republican purist. So what do you basically say? No matter what the context is, no matter whatever, you just have to say lower taxes, lower taxes, regardless, trickle down economics. Trickle, like that trickle, was trickle, trickle, trickle. All we want to do is let's give the money to billionaires and then let's trickle the little dust onto all of the other Americans to, to the rest of everybody. And, and maybe there will just be a little benefit, but really the way you really uh, inspire our economy is by giving the billionaires extra jets, extra yachts, 
extra mansions, according to Republicans. But now to be a Republican purist, you have to be against vaccines. Like that's big. How do you show that your bona fides are like, I'm a real Republican? So DeSantis announced that he's impaneling a grand jury. He's petitioned the Florida Supreme Court to impanel them to investigate people who in his state that supported vaccines here play the clip of his announcement in this weird dystopian setting with all these people like on zoom calls it was like a weird the whole thing was really weird play the clip because in florida you know it is against the law to mislead and to misrepresent particularly when you're talking about the efficacy of a drug uh we see just the other uh just recently florida got 3.2 billion through legal action against those responsible for the opioid crisis and so it's not like this is something that's unprecedented so today uh, i'm announcing a, a petition with the supreme court of florida to impanel a statewide grand jury to investigate any and all wrongdoing in Florida with respect to COVID-19 vaccines. And we anticipate that we will get the approval for that. Uh, that will be something that will be impaneled, most likely in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, and that will come with legal processes that will be able uh, to get more information and to bring legal accountability for those who committed misconduct. Uh, the and so he's sitting there with this quack doctor who he appointed in 2021, this Dr. Joseph Ladapo, who's the Surgeon General. And Ladapo is anti-vax, conspiracy theory peddler. He's appeared on numerous fringe right-wing conspiracy podcasts. And he stated, this is the Surgeon General of Florida, the highest medical position in Florida. This is what Dr. Ladapo said, that the vaccine push was, quote, implemented for the purpose of control and maintaining control and showing people who's boss and making people bow down to the COVID-19 mindset hegemony. That is what he said. That's the guy who's the top, uh, who's in charge of all health in Florida. He worked at UCLA School of Medicine since 2016, but a supervisor at the university said the university would not have hired him again and noted that there was, quote, concern among a large number of his research and clinical colleagues and subordinates who felt that his opinions violated the Hippocratic oath that physicians do no harm. I want to give a flashback, though. Remember what DeSantis said in May of 2021? We have that clip. So my message is the vaccines protect you, get vaccinated, and then live your life as if you're protected. And then do we have, there's another clip of him. I forget if that one was May or July, but there was another one. In I, think I, I think I just have the text wrong on it. I think that was May. And I think this is July right here. Um, so here's, I think, the, the most important thing with the data. If you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, the chance of you getting seriously ill or dying from COVID is effectively zero. If you look at the people that are being admitted to hospitals, uh, over 95% of them are either not fully vaccinated or not vaccinated at all. And so these vaccines are saving lives. They are reducing mortality. And then he went super anti-vax. I mean, he's always been anti-vax leaning, but then he went super anti-vax and Florida had the highest excess death rates during the Delta variant wave during August and September, 2021. Florida was number one because they were 
like degrading vaccines and talking and, and spreading lies and conspiracy theories about vaccines. Like the anti-vax policies like literally killed tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of, of people uh, in a state and of course across the country. But that, that's what we've always, we've always talked about in the Midas Touch Network. It's like, I, I, you know, the, the Republicans truly have no um, perception, caring, truthfully about life, right? I mean, like, they so callously, like, they, they high-five each other like he did this great job. Like, so many people died. That's not something to high-five about. You know what? I, I want to say this because I could engage in a conversation if DeSantis's position was the pandemic is a real serious thing. But what we need to balance is do we just completely shut down mm. all businesses? Do we give exemptions? Do we just screw small businesses and not allow small businesses to survive? But if you have a great lobbyist, then your business can stay open. So the government's picking and choosing winners about which businesses can stay afloat during COVID. We'll probably disagree on the outcome and the answer. But to me, if you take COVID seriously and you want to have a conversation of this type of business should stay open, that type of business should be closed. Here's why there still needs to be you know, a, a functioning economy because if there isn't, then these things are going to happen. At the very least, if that's your perspective, and I'll probably disagree with you on a lot of it, we can at least have a conversation. And to me, where the conversation gets totally, completely like derailed is that they're actually pro-pandemic. They then just lie and give all this disinformation. There'll be a million deaths, you know, a million, two deaths, all of these things. And then they'll act like, so what? Like, this was just the cold. This was just like a regular flu. And it's like, I, I can't have a conversation. with if, if you're going down that rabbit hole after all of the data has been presented and all of these people have actually died and your conclusion is that actually it was the vaccines that were the problem. And then when the most basic of scientific data shows that it's particularly Republicans and the unvaccinated who so disproportionately represented the emergency room visits and the deaths, especially once the vaccines were made available. You know, you could you bring up some of these arguments that they make, you know, well, what about this? But like you're cherry picking the most small aberration of a data set when the most basic scientific data is staring you in the face. Like, and they're trying to reverse engineer the worst, you know, like the most conspiracy laden outcome when the data is just so obvious. And, you know, and, and I give that nuanced analysis from the perspective of how I think we need to communicate with people who are being manipulated mm -hmm. in that disinformation echo chamber. Because if I just yell at them and say whatever, I'm not going to connect. So that's kind of why I showed you there how I would do it and how I go about it. But Come on, man! This is the, this is his big announcement, Brett Jordy. Let me yeah, just, let me just add this. Let me just add this really quickly. I mean, Ben, you put it perfectly. 
what I would just like to say too, which we already know, which the Midas Mighty knows, and obviously the brothers know, it, 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 it's a pursuit of power over the well-being of people. And that's why they're doing what they're doing. They don't actually want to help their constituents and they don't want to actually help the people that they are supposed to, you know, be looking after and have their best interests in mind as long as it continues to allow them to keep their power, to keep their authority, to keep their position. And so, you know, that's what that that that's what we continue to see time and time again from the DeSantis's, from the Ted Cruz's, from the I could go on and on and on. Yeah, you know, well, they also they, they're playing to their base constantly. They're trying to play to this base, whatever this Republican base is. And the Republican base is an incredibly conspiratorial, um, you know, anti-truth base. It's not like DeSantis isn't just anti-vax. I think that would even not be saying it too lightly. He's anti-truth in general. And mm. a lot of Republican politicians are just straight up anti-truth. And they so gaslight their own people. And it's almost like, the victims that the victims of all this ironically are the people who are the ones who are lining up to vote for them. They are the victims. They are the ones who are being lied to. They are the marks. They are picking them and they're saying you Republican voter in Florida, you're dumb. You're an idiot. And I'm going to lie to your face. I'm going to lie about what you see with your own eyes, what you hear with your own ears. I'm going to just straight up lie to your face because I know that you are more likely to believe the conspiracy than the truth. And as a leader, what should I do? I should lead with the truth. But I know that's not what you want to hear. So I'm going to keep feeding you what you want. I'm going to keep feeding you this junk food, this anti-vax junk food, because you like the taste of that better than the truth and the vegetables and the truth, you know, and they just keep shoveling this junk food in them. And eventually they kill them. They kill their own voters and their voters just end up praising them. And it's really, really, honestly, incredibly, incredibly sad. I mean, I think we all know people who have kind of gotten in this cult and we know people who have died because they listened to people like the doctor who DeSantis made surgeon general of Florida. Frankly, it's sickening. It's disgusting. It is the most cynical form of politics out there. And it poses such a contrast to what we see right now from the other side, from the pro-democracy contingency mm -hmm which honestly makes up like 70% of the country. Like most of the country has gotten vaccinated. Most of the country believes in vaccines. There is a fringe small percentage of people who think vaccines kill you. And why do they think that? Because they read it on the internet and their leaders went back and their leaders told them ad nauseum that that was true, even though it's not true. And so that's why we're in this situation today. I mean, it's the Republican Party has always had this conspiracy tinge to it but the irony is is that the anti-vax stuff used to come more from like liberal kind of hippie types kind of all natural i don't want to you know put toxins <laughs> in my body types mm -hmm. and republicans have completely co-opted that but in the past the republicans like when you think of sort of the tea party types and and the types that predated that when conspiracies would come to the surface and when that sort of despicable kind of language like Think about the lies about Paul Pelosi, you know, think about then go back and think about the lies about President Obama. In the past, you had a John McCain in the party. You had a leader in the party who would come out and would say, that's not OK. 
That's not who we are. Even if it meant risking that vote, you come out and you say, that's not who we are. Now what the Republicans do is they go, you're damn right he wasn't born here. You're damn right the vaccine is killing you. Yeah, that's right. And they rile everybody up because that's what gets them the applause. And it's cynical and it is disgusting. And it sums up everything that is wrong with this Republican Party. And so while all of that was going on, while everything we've talked about so far on the show, what is Biden doing? He's putting his head down and he's going to work for the people. It seems like not a week goes by where Biden doesn't sign like a historic piece of legislation, right? Like every week there's some history being made with the legislature. Yes. I mean, in the most recent one is the respect for marriage act, which was signed into law on Tuesday, granting landmark new federal protections for same sex and interracial couples, capping both a personal and national evolution on an issue that's enjoyed growing acceptance over the past decade. It shouldn't be even a controversy to love, love who you love, love, love is love. And why don't we show, um, why don't we show Biden uh, at the signing and what he said, where he said, marriage is a simple proposition. Who do you love? Let's play that clip. Deciding whether to marry, who to marry is one of the most profound decisions a person can make. And as I've said before, and some of you might remember on a certain TV show 10 years ago, I got in trouble. <laughs> marriage, I mean this involved my heart. Marriage is a simple proposition. Who do you love? And will you be loyal with that person you love? It's not more complicated than that. Love is love, baby. Love is love. And Let's Biden, play. Do we have the interview that he did, Brett, from 10 years ago that he's talking about? Yeah. So Biden was echoing a, uh, what was it, a 2012 appearance on Meet the Press, where Biden echoed those statements that he repeated. And I'll play that now. The good news is that as more and more Americans be, come to understand what this is all about is a simple proposition. Who do you love? Who do you love? And will you be loyal to the person you love? And that's what people are finding out is what what all marriages at their root are about, whether they're marriages of lesbians or gay men or heterosexuals. I, I look, I am vice president of the United States of America. Um, the president sets the policy. I am absolutely comfortable with the fact that men marrying men, women marrying women and heterosexual men and women married men are entitled to the same exact rights, all the civil rights, all the civil liberties. And quite frankly, I don't see much of a distinction uh, beyond that. Just think about also how far our country has come in 10 years that President Biden said that at the time when he was vice president and he got in trouble. Like that was considered a Biden gaffe at the time. Like, I can't believe he spoke at a turn. Oh, my gosh. Like the fact that he came out in support of same sex marriage because he jumped the gun on the Biden administration and the uh, Obama administration, even at the time, coming out in full support of that. It shows you how far our country has evolved in this issue in such a short period of time and how just in the past right now, anybody who opposes these policies are. I mean, the approval for same sex marriage in this country is still too low. But it's something like 73% of Americans are for it now. 
10 years ago. I don't have the date in front of me, but I bet it was below 50%. I could, I could pretty much guarantee it was below 50% then. That's how far that we have evolved as a country. And you have all these forces, though. It's, it's one of the reasons also why you have these Republicans and these conspiracies and all these movements, because they see the speed at which the country is changing. They see the diversity of our country increasing, and it terrifies them because to them, Anytime anybody else is getting equal rights, it's somehow oppression to them. They feel oppressed because their vision of how their standing is in this country is that they are on the top of the ladder. So how dare you? How dare you grant those rights? And there is no there really is zero, absolutely no logical argument you could actually make against same-sex marriage except you're a bigot or you can't accept it there there really isn't other alternatives and so we have this beautiful ceremony this absolutely like at that biden ceremony the positivity the optimism it's everything completely opposite of what we see when we play clips of these republicans it is the america that i want to be seeing Every single day. And that's on display every time we see, you know, these Democratic bill signings. It's always to give more rights to people. It's always to expand rights. It's always to make America a better place to live in, to try to even the playing field compared to when you see clips from the Republicans and they are talking about terminating the Constitution. Or if I would have done another insurrection, I would have won and it would have been armed. There's that there's that toxicity on the Republican side and the complete opposite that we're seeing right now from the Democrats who are really holding down the mantle right now as the only pro-democracy party out there. I wish there was more, but they are really the last remaining major pro-democracy party out there. And you see how Fox News reacted to this. You see Laura Ingram. You see how she goes. I'll just play this clip. It's so disgusting. I don't even want to say it. Now, as we just mentioned with Governor DeSantis, Joe Biden held kind of an over-the-top uh, you know, celebration, this extravaganza that was named the Respect for Marriage Act, a bill that moves to restrict freedom of religion and freedom of speech even, meaning whether you're Catholic or evangelical or maybe Muslim, any serious person of faith, you will not necessarily have the rights tomorrow that you had yesterday. But like Pelosi made famous, Biden tried to frame this as protecting the children. So, Ben. Yeah. And, and then they go on. Do we have the photo of the left's war on the nuclear family continues? And I'm sorry. I, I truly don't understand what Laura is trying to even say there. She's trying to say that somehow by affirming equality of same sex couples under the law, your rights are going to be lesser tomorrow. That's that's what you, I mean. It's there's no argument to be made. It's a ridiculous argument. I don't know how anybody watches that and goes, "This is an honest, genuine person." Mm. But she is trying to play to people's fears. And like I said on before, the, on the same one, she wrote. She there was as part of that segment. Biden hosts drag queen deviants at White House. That was the headline uh, coming out of the Respect for Marriage Act on Fox. Not Biden hosts Respect for Marriage Act. Biden hosts Drag Queen Deviants at the White House. Like, how hateful can you be? And then you had uh, Jesse Waters on that same night. Because one of the things they, like, link that to is this right-wing conspiracy uh, where they say that schools are putting in 
kitty litter uh, in the bathrooms because they want children to identify as cats. It's completely false that there's no such thing. It's totally ridiculous. It's made up by the right wing, just a conspiracy that they've spread. So now what they're doing on the right wing is they are protesting their own conspiracy by dressing up as cats and going to school board meetings. The right wing is dressed up as cats to protest uh, kitty litters that don't exist. And ironically, their whole lie is that, oh, look at all these people. You could identify as anything now, I guess. You could just identify whatever you want. Look, you've got people identifying as cats. They're identifying as cats. They're using litter boxes in schools. Completely made up. And here you have a woman who spent her entire day, ironically, dressing up as a cat and going to a school. Once again, it's all projection. They're all weirdos. But honestly, it's it's hateful. It's extremely hateful. It's extremely disgusting to the LGBTQ community. It, they are targeting them directly, just like they recently targeted the Jewish community, just like they recently tar- targeted the Asian American community. Fox is trying to target anybody who they view as the other. And when they do that, they know that they are riling up their audience of hate, their hate machine. And if you get a moment, we, we did a, a, a video with Chris Goldsmith who's been the target of this hate machine. He is mm. a, an extremism researcher. I encourage you to check out our YouTube channel and look up our video with Chris recently. It's called I Was Targeted by Fox and Fought Back. And he describes this whole notion of stochastic terrorism and how Fox and the far right uses it to try to basically terrorize Americans, to try to terrorize marginalized groups to shut up they put their photo on tv they have all their other blogs they have all their other twitter accounts whatever it is attack those people threaten them like we see with jesse waters there like we see with laura ingram and the result is there are other people on the other end of it who get hurt and so it's disgusting and so i think we just all need to look out for each other and we need to see what we're doing and we need to look to the positivity of what the Biden administration is doing and all the good that is out there. And we need to continue to fight because we really are right now. We we are in a fight between good and evil. And I know what side I stand on. I know what side my brothers stand on. I know what side that the Midas mighty stand on. And we should be proud of that. We should be proud to be on the side of positivity. So let's keep fighting. Let's keep pushing. And let's keep knocking down these deranged far-right voices. For students of authoritarianism, you will note, of course, that authoritarian authoritarianism will often win because it exhausts a society. The authoritarianism movement in the society usually only represents a very small percentage of, of the overall population, but authoritarians are relentless over and over again, hoping that basically the society that they are trying to infect with all of the hate, the disinfo, the constant attacks, the stochastic terrorism, all of that, that people just say, okay, enough, it's fine. It's all good. Just leave us alone. And when that happens, that's when they seize control and they take over and a small group of radical extremists then rule over the rest of the country and suppress the rest of the country. That's exactly what is occurring now, what is being attempted right now by the radical right-wing extremists. 
It's why we do these shows, though, as well. It's why we created the Midas Touch Network, because let's face it, you've got the pro-fascist media, and then you've got large media networks that are simply not built. They're unable to use the language necessary to fight right-wing extremism, and they both sides the issue, and they just don't confront it the right way until the right wing then attacks them and takes away their jobs, takes away their platforms and engages in all of that conduct. That's why it is critical that what we do here at the Midas Touch Network is not simply a network, that it is a community. And whenever I'm asked, well, what's the secret to the Midas Touch Network? How are you getting the same amount of views, if not more, and engagement than the major media networks funded by millionaires and billionaires um, that have been around for a long time? How is your small team at the Midas Touch Network able to do it? And I said, it's not a small team. We've got a community that's active in the millions, the Midas Mighty that's here in the United States and across the world. The Midas Touch movement is truly an international movement of pro-democracy loving people. One way you can support the work that we do, because we don't take any outside investors at all, we are 100% independent and 100% accountable to you, wherever you are in the world. If you want to help grow this community, check out our Patreon account at patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Midas Touch. That's patreon.com slash Midas Touch. We have exclusive content that you could only get at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. For example, we have exclusive behind-the-scenes footage of me and the brothers. We've got exclusive podcasts. We got exclusive merch drops there. There's one membership tier where you could become an honorary producer Ooh. of the Midas Touch podcast. And for those watching on YouTube now, wow. you see the dozens and dozens of that honorary producers growing. whose names appear. They all get a poster reflecting that they are honorary producers, that they can go and frame and show the world that they are honorary producers. Don't forget those spicy Q&As, Ben. We do Q&A sessions where we answer all of the questions that you have to me and my younger brothers. So there's a lot of great exclusive content, so you'll really enjoy it. But most importantly, it will grow this independent media platform and allow this to be 100% crowdfunded by the people we're 100% accountable to. So it's a completely, I think, unique way because if you stop liking it, you stop funding it, you know, and and it's not going to be pushed by these corporate interests that have certain agendas. We don't have to worry about that based on the way we've set this up. So it's a real interesting model. Check it out. Also, check out store.midastouch.com for the best pro-democracy gear out there. In D.C., I saw two people already wearing Midas Touch gear. It was really cool to, to see the gear. That's It's proliferating so much, uh, but I was, it was amazing to see. So check it out. We got some great pro-democracy gear, store.midastouch.com. We've got the Convict 45 or Convict 45 shirts. We got a number of other great products. Um, so check that out. I read banned books, sweater, 
and a bunch of other stuff. Great one so, for Christmas. Convict 45, convict 45, person, woman, man, camera, <laughs> prison. That's one of my favorites. And that's all That's all I got. Are we going to do some uh, dinner together, brothers? Do I get to see you, Jordy? I, we Jordy, should hang I, out. Can, can, can we just talk as brothers real quickly? Yeah. And, yeah, and, and everyone everyone in the chat that just stays between us. Stays so, between Jordy, everyone. So, so I drove here. You guys you guys got to fly here all fancy like. You guys flew to D.C. I had to yeah. drive. We came from California. Hours. You came from. Yeah, well, yeah. it's okay. So I, I had to stop in Brett's room because Brett's the techie, right? And my microphone wasn't working. So first off, I apologize if you heard some clicks and clacks in the beginning with my microphone falling, but I think we fixed that towards the end. So apologies there. Here's what the thing, I noticed, Jay. You don't have to apologize because I'll fix it in post and people won't even know. That's great. That's great. But what you can fix in post is I came to my room and don't get me wrong, you know, solid room. I'm happy where I am. I go to Brett's room. Brett's room's a little bit bigger than my room, Ben. And I think you should check that out yourself too. And we should uh, have a little brother chat about that. We booked this. our own rooms. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> we were all on the same page just because you were on your honeymoon and you weren't paying attention. See, this is what he yeah, we did. Right? We, did <laughs> big, we did book our rooms. But Jordy, I'm really happy you're back on the show. We really did miss you. Um, we give you a hard time from time to time, uh, especially after not seeing you for three weeks, because that's what older brothers do sometimes. <laughs> but in full, two weeks. in full disclosure, you were gone for like two months, but in full disclosure, we love you. Um, you are a valued member of the family. Uh, you are a valued member of the Vitus. Great. That's great to know after 30 years. I'm a valued member of the family. I love you all so much. Listen, I love you guys so much. Hit that subscribe button right now to our YouTube channel. It, it costs absolutely nothing. It's so easy to do. Just hit that subscribe button. Thank you all so much. Love you, brothers. Let's go grab some dinner. And as always, shout out to the Midas Mighty. Should I just keep it awkwardly on you now for like a few minutes? Go for it. Go for it.